Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer, a podcast series where our experts discuss the latest market developments and put the headlines in perspective to set you up for the coming day. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. My name is Roman Kanziani. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my teammate Olivier Maris, who has all the latest on the financial markets over the past hours, and Carson Menke, our head of Next Generation Research, with his thoughts about the latest price action in precious metals. Further, I'm pleased to be joined by Niklas Jordan from our CIO office, who will update us on all the latest discussions within the bank's investment strategy setting body, the Investment Committee. So let's get started. I'll hand over to you, Olivier, for the market's wrap. Please go ahead. Yes. Hi, Roman. Good morning. Well, at the minutes of the Federal Reserve's June meeting yesterday, officials solidified their resolves to keep raising interest rates for longer. Policymakers backed hiking rates at their next meeting in July by either 50 or 75 basis points. This is, of course, to prevent higher inflation from becoming entrenched in the economy. Now, that triggered a slide in treasuries led by shorter maturities with the two-year yields reaching the 3% mark again and the 10-year yield just shy of 2.95%. In equities, investors had a better reaction to the minutes meeting, with the S&P 500 jumping as much as 1% to then come back down and end the day at plus 36 basis points. Eight of 11 sectors ended the session positive, with utilities and tech outperforming and energy underperforming. The Eurostoxx 50 ended the day on a far better foot at plus 1.85%. Now, having mentioned equities performance out of both the sides of the Atlantic, let's swiftly cover currencies because there is a lot going on over there. The euro is sliding towards parity with the dollar, trading just over 1.02 last time I checked. This marks a 20-year low for the euro. The slide comes as the European equities lurch towards a recession, making investors speculate the economic shock would make it harder for the ECB to tighten policy and likely widen the interest rate differential with the US. Today, for the first time in three days, however, the euro rises before the release of the ECB's June minutes meeting. Investors seek to get a clear understanding of the monetary policy path the region is going to embark on. Now, out of the UK, the political drama continues, and it's having its effect on the pound. Boris Johnson told cabinet colleagues he will not resign as conservative leader and prime minister, despite a great deal of ministers quitting and some of his closest allies demanding he go. Johnson also fired Michael Gove, one of the cabinet's remaining big hitters. And in the latest drama, just in this morning, Northern Ireland Secretary Brandon Lewis is set to resign from government. Now, swiftly turning to commodities, the US and its allies have uh, been discussing trying to cap the price on Russian oil between 40 and 60 US dollars a barrel. The range spans for what is believed to be Russia's marginal cost of production and the price of its oil before the invasion of Ukraine. The lower oil prices would, of course, limit the financing of Russia over its war in Ukraine and ease energy prices globally. Now, oil has been moving lower since the last three days, going under the 100 US dollars a barrel mark. As for gold, the commodity is sliding as well, now at a nine-month low. It is hard on what to attribute the uh, latest slide on. I guess one can say the Fed's determination to fight inflation by rising interest rates But of course, we'll hear more on gold from Carson in a bit. And in crypto, there seems to be a solid support forming for Bitcoin at the uh, 20,000 US dollar level, trading around that level for close to a month now. 
So what can we expect for the day ahead? Well, European and US stock futures are pointing to gains after technology sectors uh, lifted Asian stocks. Now it's a quiet day for earnings, but less so for data. Swiss unemployment, Netherlands inflation, as well as German industrial production is to be expected. And with that, I hand it back to you, Roman. Thank you very much, Olivier. Now over to you, Carson, and your takeaways from the latest moves in precious metals. Please go ahead. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Roman. So precious metals have taken quite a hit during the past few days. Gold has broken well below $1,800 per ounce, while silver traded as low as US dollar 19 per ounce yesterday. What has caused this sell-off? Well, in our view, it is a mix of US dollar strength, a deteriorating market mood, and related investor selling. The dollar has been instrumental in this move, especially for gold, rising towards a 20-year high versus its major peers as measured by the US dollar index. Why is the US dollar so important for gold? Well, below, because this is a historical antipodes, the dollar and gold, dating back to the time of the Bretton Woods system uh, and the gold-backed greenback, which was abandoned in the 1970s. Since then, it is really this expected long-term devaluation of the dollar and the breakdown of other free-floating fiat currencies, which is framing the bull case of the so-called gold box. As of today, we could not be further away from that point as the dollar is dominating again. So where does gold go from here? Our base case remains, assuming that the US Federal Reserve will fight inflation successfully without pushing the US economy into recession, that the safe haven demand will fade and that prices will move gradually lower on a medium to longer term horizon. In the short term, they will be still be supported by prevailing economic uncertainties. The bear case is that the dollar's dominance leads to further deterioration of the market mood, prompting gold investors to sell their positions irrespective of the economic backdrop. As holdings of physically backed products remain elevated, such selling would open up significant downside for gold. Prices could in fact fall back to pre-pandemic levels around $1,500 per ounce, but this would be very much at odds with today's economic backdrop and most likely open up a buying opportunity. The bull case remains a recession. While the dollar should stay strong in that scenario, real bond yields would likely fall and safe haven demand would pick up significantly, pushing gold prices as high as $2,100 per ounce. That said, this would only be a cyclical bull market, which should end once the dark recession clouds of the recession give way to bluer skies of the subsequent recovery. It should not be mistaken as the starting point of a structural bull market, which would require bigger imbalances in the economy and or financial markets. Meanwhile, silver's underperformance very much mirrors rising recession risks due to its primarily industrial applications. While the cyclical cooling weighs somewhat on industrial demand, we believe a deterioration of the market mood has been the primary driver of the current correction. The risk of selling from physically-backed products is even more pronounced for silver than it is for gold. While silver should continue moving its gold slipstream on a medium to long-term horizon, prices seem to have undershot in the short term. Yet, we do not see this as a short-term buying opportunity due to a rather unfavorable risk-reward situation. Thanks a lot, Carson. Now, with the year entering its second half just a few days ago, our investment committee this week discussed the investment environment for the coming month. Nicola, you have the latest. Uh, please go ahead. Yes, thank you, Roman, and good morning, everyone. 
As you rightly said, uh, this week's investment committee meeting was mainly focused on concluding the first half of the year and outlining how to navigate the second half. We have said it several times here already, but the first half of 2022 definitely earned its place in the stock market history books. There was almost no place to hide, with treasuries being down 9%, the S&P 500 more than 20%, and even gold, as Carson said, being down by minus 1.2%. The only performing sector was energy, with crude oil, for example, gaining more than 40%, but even this sector began to suffer during the last few weeks. What happened is that we basically came out of the financial repression in six months instead of five or six years. We are tempted to say that what should have eroded returns by 3% per year over five years in a multi-asset portfolio happened in half a year. We have to admit that we did not expect this to happen and remain quite bitter about not having been able to caution this blow better. But at least we avoided the big mistakes, the ones that are punished by permanent losses. So where do we go from here? The temptation to take refuge in cash is immense. However, we do not believe that the risk-return trade-off of market timing has improved. It is imperative not to mix trading and investing activities, as the risk of confusion is high in the present circumstances. Looking beyond the next few weeks makes much more sense for us because that is investing, not trading. Well, to start with the conclusions, we think that the current decline will bottom in the second half of this year rather than in 2023. In terms of time and price, we are already more than halfway there and reducing risk at this stage would be a matter of trading, which we do not recommend as explained. Next week, we will see the opening of the corporate earnings season, and it is one that promises a lot of volatility in the course of the releases. On the one hand, the second quarter has been marked by the beginning of the downturn in activity and the effects of containment measures in China. And on the other hand, company managers will probably be keen to take advantage of the anxiety-inducing climate to set a cautious outlook. In summary, we believe that the primary negative effect of the pandemic monetary and fiscal stimulus is largely over and priced in, but there is still this earnings hurdle to overcome. On the macroeconomic level, the economic slowdown will dampen the enthusiasm of central banks in their tightening efforts, and this reduces the risk of a monetary policy error. The groundwork is being laid for a stabilization of markets for a new cycle in 2023 and beyond. So the investment committee decided not to make any changes to the asset allocation this week. With that, back to you, Roman. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nicolas. Before we conclude this episode, I would like to draw your attention to another podcast we published yesterday on our Beyond Markets channel. In this podcast, which is titled Currency Matters, Head of FX and Precious Metal Solutions in Geneva, Tim Gagey, chats with investment writer Helen Freer about how currency markets work and what factors investors need to consider in order to navigate FX markets well. So please tune in to Beyond Markets for this to the point 15 minute podcast, which is available on all the usual channels as well as our JB Investment Insights app. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you very much to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope 
that you'll join us again soon. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, or our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbear.com. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation, or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives, or other products, or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.